Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you for that very, very warm welcome at Mansfield. And Christian is absolutely right. I got a buzz when I walked in here. I mean, this is just great. If I lived in the area, I wouldn't be going to Elkiston. I'd be coming here. <laughs> Until I'm at Elkiston and I'll be going there. No, it really is very, very exciting. Andrew and I really, our hearts have been always in the area of pioneering and we've opened up in schools, we've opened up in hotels and we've opened up in nightclubs and uh, literally we had a nightclub given to us. This kind of reminds me of the nightclub a little bit if I'm totally honest, although we had a go-go cage. You haven't got a go-go cage. We had a go-go cage and I, I could press, not yet. <laughs> it was marvellous. I, I had a button I could press, this is true. I could press a button and all little twinkly lights would come on and the lights would go up and down on the go-go cage. And uh, it was... <laughs> and I had ministers come and I got them sometimes to go up there to preach and they hadn't got a clue what they were doing, you know, some of these older gentlemen or women that were preaching up there. I'd press the button and little twinkles would come on. It was absolutely great. And so... But this just reminds me of that. It's taking back, really, what the devil's had. And I like that. So many churches have been converted into warehouses and mosques and all kinds of things. So it's great when we get a building that was a theatre or a snooker club. And I like snooker clubs, by the way. I've claimed one of the tables. But, um, I, I mean, I just think that it's great that it's going to become a house of the Lord. It's no longer... Don't think of this now as just a building that's got snooker... This is the house of the Lord. And it's just absolutely tremendous. I, I asked uh, Phil whether or not he'd got a pen, because I, I haven't come in a jacket, and I've usually uh, got a pen in my jacket to write down things. But it just reminded me, when we were singing there and worshipping, that since March of this year, I have been invited into situations within our own fellowship of Assemblies of God where new buildings, or rather uh, buildings, are being opened up as, as new places of worship. And I was just jotting it down. I got pretty excited about this. At the, the end of February, um, I was invited to Meisteg in Wales. And the building that they've got there is very, very thrilling and very exciting. The week later, I think it was the first week in Fe uh, March, I was invited again to Wales where in Landridod Wells, they've taken a superb building and done it out and got all kinds of grants. And, uh, and the guy that's been there a number of years now, right in the heart, right in the center of Landridod Wells, and it's become a place of worship. Then I, I, I was talking with someone not so far away from here in Hope Church in Rotherham, and they've just got a brand new building that they're taking possession of, and Grayson's going to be opening it very, very shortly. In Halifax, they've taken over a new building there. In Doncaster, we heard from Grayson Jones, a member of the National Leadership Team, that he's just got his new building and uh, taking it over, and they're going to be opening that up shortly there. I was up in Peterhead in Scotland. Have you got this? We've done Wales, we've done England, and now I was up in Scotland just, what, a couple of weeks ago, and the building that they've got there, I mean, it just sends goose bumps down your, your spine. What else have I jotted down here? Oh, not far, just down the road, an old mate of mine at Sheffield, um, and he's just got a, uh, I don't know whether it was a, was that a snooker club that Phil... Hansworth, what's he got? A snooker club. Snooker club, he's got another... We're taking over the snooker clubs. All our ministers are going to be great at snooker, which is not good news for me because I can usually beat them at it. So, But they, he's just got a new building there and got a snooker club. 
And then here we are at Mansfield and we've got it. I tell you, God is on the move. Yeah. And no matter what the negativity you hear, that's the, that's the buildings that are kind of... Be, but then the new buildings that are going up, Alan Ewitt is pulling down his building and building another one. Uh, Coventry, of course, not recently, within the last uh, 18 months, have opened up a new building. There are tremendous things happening. Yeah. And when you are a Christian, you belong to a big family. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you're probably sitting next to your brother or your sister. If they are a Christian and you're a Christian, they're your brother and your sister. And it's a great, great family that we belong to. So I congratulate you on what God has and is doing through you. And I, I just can't wait to come back again and see what happens when the carpet's laid and everything. Oh, dear. This is a great... Aren't you glad to belong to this church? Aren't you glad that you, God's given you this building? And... And aren't you glad that I'm here tonight to tell you this? And they have no idea what I'm speaking on. Aren't you glad that I'm here tonight to tell you, without any shadow of a doubt, how you can see it packed with people? Are you glad about that? I mean, I'm here tonight to tell you from the Word of God how without any shadow of a doubt that that room isn't going to be big enough and you're going to have to move those tables and knock through and get more. How many of you are glad about that? So I'm asking, I wish I could come around and ask you this. Are you prepared for me to tell you the key to this place being filled with people and the presence of God and all kind of things going on? Are you ready for that? Mm, you're not so sure, are you now? Are you ready for it? Because that's what I'm going to do, whether you like it or whether you don't. I, 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 I see a lot of people, they... They kind of have wishes, don't they? And they think, oh, if only, if only, if only. I heard of, uh, I heard of one guy that was walking along the street one day and he, he, he tripped over like a little oil lamp. And he picked it up and as he did so, he just rubbed it against his, his jacket. And suddenly, poof! A genie appeared. This is not a true story. A genie appeared. And the genie said, ah, I am the genie of the lamp. And you, I will grant you three wishes. Whatever you wish, it will come to pass. He said, oh, I can't believe this. He said, well, I'll tell you what I'd like. I'd like a, a new Quashi 2 car with a private number plate. <laughs> and poof, poof. <laughs> Sound effects with this message tonight. There it was, a lovely white car with a private number plate on, brand new. He thought, this is great. He says, that's one of your wishes dealt with. I'll give you another one. He said, okay. He said, I, I'd, I'd love to find myself in a beautiful seaside resort where the sky is blue and the sun is shining and the sea is blue and the sand is gold. And, I'd look, and poof! <laughs> and suddenly, he found himself in this beautiful seaside resort where everything was wonderful. The genie of the lamp said, I'm going to give you one more wish. And he thought, well, this, this works. So he said, well, I'll tell you what I'd like. I'd like to be made irresistible to women. And poof, he turned into a bar of chocolate. Now listen, <laughs> listen. a setting it's not posh like arena church i know it is this is arena church but it's kind of this is a a, a different setting altogether and so uh you know i i hope you've got a wish list 
I hope you've got... Actually, you're not going to find a magic lantern with some genie to pop out and grant your wish list. But you are going to come in contact with a greater than is a genie. I'm talking about the son of the living God that says, if you ask anything, I said, if you ask anything in my name, I will grant it. I'm talking about uh, coming into contact with the creator God who says, nothing shall be impossible with me. I'm talking about a God who loves to answer prayer. And prayer is not a wish list. Prayer is actually something that doesn't just come from our lips. Very, very often I talk about Hannah and how she knelt before God and she's crying out and her mouth is moving but no words come out. And you know, prayer is something that is foundational and fundamental. You've spoken a lot about it. And I actually want to share just for a little while on this subject of prayer but, but I want to do it in a way probably that you've never, ever heard before and a little bit different. And I want, to, I want to key you up for realizing that if you will pray in the way that I'm going to show you, and if you will really grasp this, then actually, as God has already answered your prayer in granting you the building, he's going to do something far greater and bigger and better than that. Because in the end, it ain't about the building. It's about the people. It's about boys and girls and men and women that are out there that need to know the saving love of a God that said, I love you very, very much. And I, I'm going I'm to try and teach you a little bit in a simple way in this very, very pioneer situation of Mansfield. And I want to teach you on what I believe to be fundamental and foundational in order for the work to go forward. Now then, in order to do so, I've got two verses of scripture for you. And the first one is in James chapter 5 and verse 17. And this is what we read. It says, Elijah, uh uh-oh, we're back to that man that you spoke about. When you spoke about the guy that just did that marvelous miracle and said the oil's never going to run out and the bread's never going to finish. This is an extraordinary guy. I mean, this is a prophet amongst prophets. This guy that we're reading about here is extraordinary until we read this. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Hey, I've got some news for us tonight. You don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to stand behind a pulpit. You don't have to be anybody special to realize that God can grant you your wish list. That he can answer your prayer. You say, oh, but hang on a minute. We've already heard Pastor Phil and he's told us that Elijah was a man that was so great uh, that he, he, he saw the miraculous. Yes, he was. But the Bible makes it clear he was a man with a nature just like ours. And when he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain, it didn't rain on the land for three years and six months. And then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. I'm going to tell you, there are no superstars in the kingdom of God. There is only one. And his name is Jesus. And what we have to do is find our place and our position. Not everybody is called to stand behind a pulpit. But everybody is called to pray. And not everybody is called perhaps to travel the globe. But everybody can have their prayers answered. 
You say, but I, I, I'm not very well known. I'm not very articulate. I haven't got a lot of charisma and I haven't been a Christian very long. Or, uh, hey, 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 understand this, will you? Elijah, oh, the great Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. Are some of you a bit temperamental here? Are some of you, hey, come on, let's get real. Are some of you a bit moody? I mean, be honest, not with me, but with yourself. Uh, 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 would some of you be able to play your part in that program about grumpy old men? <laughs> All the wives now are not... Yeah, you'd be able to... Yeah. Uh, uh, any of you ladies, I mean, do you sometimes give it a bit of stick when... Well, I wonder if there's anybody here that sometimes feels tremendously happy and tremendously sad. All of us do. Oh, I wonder whether there's anyone here that ever doubts God. Did you know it's not a sin to doubt? It's a sin to disbelieve. And actually, somebody that is doubting shows that actually they do believe because you can't doubt unless you believe in something to doubt in. And, and I've got a feeling that Elijah was a person that, well, there is evidence that he was a bit moody. There was times... As that prophet, he had his ups and downs. I guess there was times when he doubted. Are there times when you're faithful and you're faithless? Are there times when you just think, oh boy, oh boy, what's it all about? How could God grant me my wish list? Oh, you see, you don't go to a magic lantern. You pick up the word of God. You don't rub it. But you read it. And as you read it, you find that God begins to open up for you beautiful answers to prayer. You say, but, 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 no, no, no buts. Elijah was a man with a nature just like you and me. In fact, more than that, if we had time tonight, I'd be able to tell you about Adam and about Eve and about Noah and about Moses, about Abraham uh, perhaps about Job. Perhaps we could talk about Peter. Or perhaps we could talk about John or Thomas. Perhaps we could talk about Hannah. Perhaps we could talk about Delilah. Perhaps we could... There isn't a person in the Bible. There isn't a man or a woman that had ever walked on this planet Earth that actually is really any different from you and me. And what we tend to do, we put people on a pedestal and we think, oh, they're great. But actually, God sees you as someone that is great. And he says, it's time for you to understand the power of prayer. It's time for you to grasp something that if you want to see this place full, if you want to see those walls pulled down, then certainly the work comes into it because faith without works is dead. But the ability to know the power of prayer is essential in a pioneer situation. And so, we've looked at Elijah. Let's find out. His prayers were answered, but why was that? We actually find out by reading the previous verse. Listen to this. For the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman avails much. The Amplified Version puts it like this, that the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamite in its working. 
Three things for you, and then we'll go on our way or have a cup of tea. Do you have a cup of tea here? No, you're probably not able to, do you? Oh, yeah, good, good, good cup of tea. We'll have a cup of tea. Three things for you. I'm going to tell you the kind of prayer that you need to be praying. It tells us very clearly it's to be effectual and it's to be fervent. Now, let's just break that down. Effectual is a very, very interesting word. It comes from a Greek word and the word is, and you're going to be brainy in this, you're going to know what word we get from it. The word in Greek is energies. Hmm. Spelled E-N-E-R-G-E with a little thing above it, S. So what English word do you think we get from the Greek word energies? Anybody got any ideas for me? Absolutely. You see, I knew it was a brainy congregation, not just a good-looking congregation. We get the word energy. So when the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, that word is saying the energy that is put into some prayers is going to avail much. I, I, I want to give you the kind of idea what it's about. One day, Peter was in prison. And when he was in prison, do you think he prayed like this? Oh, it'd be lovely to get out of here. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you, when it says that he prayed and the doors then opened of its own accord, he was using some energy. He was calling on his God. I, I, I want you to take you to another scene. And now it's our Savior, Jesus Christ himself. He's in a garden. And he's praying, oh, Father, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The Bible tells me at that time, there were, as it were, drops of blood falling down to the ground. Do you think that that happened because he prayed it? Oh, Father, let this... No. I'm going to tell you there was something of an earnestness about it. And let me tell you one of the keys to moving in to the place where this is absolutely filled with people and the presence of God will be when a person and a people begin to realize they've got to put some energy into their praying. When they begin to realize it's a time to call upon our God and there isn't one person here who can't do it. Every young man, every young woman, every new person that's coming in, you can know what it is to learn the art of prayer so you pray with some energy uh, you, you know it's no good just kind of oh, lord it'd be lovely if you did something for us oh dear me i want you to get to grips with this i i, I want you to realize that you're in a spiritual battle that is going to call upon you to know what it is to really use some energy in prayer but it doesn't just say that it says it was effectual and it was fervent. So the kind of prayers that we are to pray are to be effectual, which means using energy, but they're also to be fervent. And when we look into what this word really means, it means to be stretched. It means to be strained. It involves the thought of intensely strenuous work. I'll give you an example. Look, look uh, I'll, I'll do what we do. Hold on to that piece of elastic, right? And I'm going to pull it and pull it. Pull it, pull it back, will you? You're daft. There's no elastic there. What are you on? But we'll pretend. So there's a piece of elastic. <laughs> and we stretch it. And we stretch Ding, ding, Oh, he's playing it. Very good. Very good. We stretch it and stretch it ah, to the very limit. I'll let you go. Hit him in the face. <laughs> Stretched. 
to the absolute limit. The Bible says it's the effectual fervent. Hmm. I'm going to tell you something. This place will never be filled. I'm going to tell you you'll never know the presence of the living God where there are healings unless someone knows what it is to be stretched to the limit. Say, God, if you don't do it, it'll never happen. There's got to be something within you, such a desire that you feel you'll be just, oh, what will happen unless God does it? And only he can. How many of you think that I'd make a lovely father, a lovely dad? And all of you kids ought to say yes, a lovely dad. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've got two beautiful girls and a son, and this is how good I was as a father. When, well, I'm a father now, but when they were growing up, my little boy, Aaron, got a lot of his mother's naughty ways. I'll have to tell you that right now. We'll get that out of the way. But sometimes he would come to me and he'd say, Dad, can, can I have one of your sweets, please? Now, I'm a, I'm a good, loving father. I said, of course you can, son. And I'd hold one of the sweeties when he was a little boy, and I'd, I'd hold it about there, and his little hand would stretch up. And I'd just move it out of his way a little bit. <laughs> well, what, what's the matter? What's the matter? Uh, uh, and then he'd, he'd stretch a little bit more, so I'd move it a little bit further. Hey, Dad, Dad, I, 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 I really want one of those sweeties. Said, come on, come on. And then he'd begin to stretch a bit more. I'd move it out of the way a little bit. <laughs> now, sometimes, sometimes he'd go, and walk off. Do you know what that would show me? It would show me that he didn't really, really bother about the sweetie. Not really. There'd be other times he'd be just stretching, 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 but because I'm bigger, I could always just move it out of his way. But of course, 99 times out of 100, nearly every time, because I really am a good dad. And I knew that he'd really like it. I put it not out of his reach, but into his reach. And I would bend down and make it very easy for him to take it from my hand. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. When God sees somebody that is serious, when he knows they're putting some energy into calling on the name of their God, when they feel that they're stretched, oh God, if you don't, you know what he does? Oh, if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his kids, let me tell you, your heavenly father knows how to give great gifts, even the person of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to those that ask of him. You don't have because you don't ask. And I'm telling you, as a pioneer church here, it's time to start asking. You say, but we've asked for the building. That's only the starters. If it only stays like this, what good is it at all? It needs the presence of God. It needs to be filled with people. It needs to have all kinds of things going on around it. And in order for that, it calls upon you, an ordinary person, to understand the power of prayer by learning the kind of prayers that ought to be prayed. And they're the kind that just get you so you're using your energy and when you stretch and say oh God I'm going to tell you what will happen your heavenly father's just going to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you ask or think he'll actually bend why, why do you think you've got this building why do you think you've got it 
It isn't so that Arena can have another feather in its cap and say, we've got a building. I tell you, there is a God that is for you, that it's got a plan and a purpose and a destiny, not just for you, but for people that are out there. And all a part of that master plan of God, when he sees you crying out saying, Lord, will you answer prayer? He reaches down and he does what none other can do. He opens doors that no man can open. He closes doors that no man can close. And in the plans and the purposes of God, God said, hey, I see the desire of your heart. Here, have the building. And just as he does that, oh, no, this is no magic lantern with a genie. This is a God of love who sees men and women who are committed to understanding the power of prayer. The kind of prayer we're to pray. Well, it's to be effectual and fervent. But then the second thing is the kind of person that needs to pray that prayer. You see, but you told me it was going to be an ordinary person. Oh dear, sorry. That is true. I said that Elijah was a man like us, but it does say here the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman. Oh dear, we're in a mess here, Phil. We are in a mess tonight. What on earth am I preaching this for? The effectual fervent prayer of a of a righteous man and a righteous woman, it avails much. What on earth is God up to here? The Bible says there is none that are righteous. No, not one. So suddenly we're faced with a problem. Only the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much, but the Bible says there is none not righteous. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the standards that God would want. So therefore, does this mean that no one can pray the right kind of prayers that God's looking for? Well, I hope you know how to get dressed in the morning. Do you know how to get dressed? I mean, do you, do, you, do you know what tie to put on and what shirt and what dress and what stockings and stockings? Are they old-fashioned things? I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's pretty important we get dressed correctly. See, John, what are you on about now? Well, I've read the Word. And the Word says it's pretty important that every day we put on a garment of praise. That means every day that we get up, we're able to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. That every day, we're wearing a kind of a garment that allows us to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. I'm talking about a people here who understand how to get dressed in the morning by putting on the garment of praise. I hope you're that kind of person. It also tells me that every day we're to get up and we're to put on the whole armor of God. We won't go into that, but you can read about it in the script. Uh, oh, and the Bible says that every day we can wear, are you ready for this? A robe of righteousness. Hang on a minute. So there's none that are righteous. No, not one. In fact, the only person that has ever been righteous is Jesus Christ. But when he died on the cross of Calvary, and when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved, he gives to us clothes to wear. That garment of praise, that armor of God, and he gives to us a righteousness that is not ours, but is 
considered to be ours because of who he is and what he's done for us. The righteousness of Christ becomes ours. So now, it's like this. That although I don't deserve it, I'm able to walk righteous before God. Not because of me, but because of amazing grace. And because of him. And when God looks at me, he doesn't see John Partington, that sinner. He sees John Partington, the sinner that has become cleansed and now righteous before him because of the cross. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. Any normal, ordinary person can pray effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous person when they're made righteous because of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good news. We can't do it on our own, but we can do it because of what he has done on our behalf. The Bible says this, if I regard iniquity in my heart, then he will not hear me. You see, even though we are made righteous, I have to be honest with you and tell you there are some hindrances that can stop our prayers being answered. Let me give you a couple of them. One of them is unconfessed sin. If it is that there's any skeletons in the cupboard, if there's things that we've done wrong, well, don't let's let them stay there and rob us of prayers being answered. Tonight, we can come to the cross. We can come to the Christ. And we can say, Jesus, I need you afresh. Cleanse me. We're only born again once when we call on the name of the Lord. But I tell you this, every day we need to go to Christ. I was, uh, I was telling uh, the, the, the lads a little illustration that I used once, or I heard of somebody using. I don't know how to use this one. But, you know, just being, living in the world, we get tainted by it. We see things on the telly or on posters and we hear things. And, and although we might not be doing anything wrong ourselves, we become affected by all that is going on around us. So what we need is to go to the Christ day by day. Lay our lives on what we call the altar, the sacrifice, and say, here I am, Lord. Take me. <laughs> and as we put on our garments of praise and the whole armor of God and the robe of righteousness... It means then we're able to walk before God with no hindrances of the sins that we've committed or been affected by. I tell you this, not only are there unconfessed sins that stop our prayers being answered, but unbelief does it. Without faith, it says, it is impossible to please God. But there's whole different levels of faith. The Bible talks about no faith in Mark chapter 4. The Bible talks about a little bit of faith in Luke chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 8, it talks about great faith. In James chapter 2, it talks about rich faith. In 2 Peter 1 and verse 1, it talks about precious faith. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 5 and verse 8, it talks about full faith. Hey, listen, I don't know what level of faith you've got, but God wants you to use that faith to push through in prayer and see a breakthrough in Mansfield and the area where you live. Unbelief, it'll be a robber. But when you believe that he is a rewarder and a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, then you're going to see great things. Oh, an unforgiving spirit stops our prayers being answered. Let me tell you, this Christianity thing isn't just a case of hands in the air and hallelujahs on a Sunday. It means that what we do, we we have to kind of become more like Jesus. 
Now, in our lives, let me tell you, we're going to get hurt by people. Our husband can hurt us. Our wives can hurt us. Our kids can help us. Our parents can help us. Our best friends can help us. Members on the NLT can help. We can just get hurt by other Christians. We can get hurt by people that aren't Christians. So what are we going to do? Hold on to those things and have what the Bible talks about then, a root of bitterness taking place in our hearts? No. What we need to do is again go to the cross and let go of all of those feelings of unforgiveness. And you who have been forgiven much, forgive others. Otherwise, it can stop your prayers being answered. I'll give you one more, an uncontrolled life, inconsistency. When you're proud, when you're greedy, when you're unloving. Oh, remember what Christ has provided, a robe of righteousness. But it's time to draw it to a close. You see, we talked about the kind of prayer. It's to be effectual and fervent. We've talked about the kind of person that is to pray, a righteous person who wears the robe of righteousness given to them by Jesus. And then we see the kind of potential that there is in prayer because it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, it avails much. Here's the great news. Listen to me, young people, older people. Prayer works. It always has. It always will. There is a God in heaven who hears the prayers of his people, and it works. When Moses prayed, the seas were divided. When Hannah prayed, Samuel was born. When Daniel prayed, the lion's mouths were muzzled. When Ezra prayed, God answered. When Elijah prayed, the rain descended. When the apostles prayed, the Holy Spirit came. When the church prayed, Peter got delivered from prison and chains. And when you and I pray, I want to tell you, we can and must expect great results. One last little story. And it concerns when I was pastoring. I know what you're thinking. He said that about ten times. I know what you're thinking. This really is my last time. I'll move this over here so it shows that I've finished. But it concerns when I was pastoring with Andrean in a place called Bedworth in the Midlands. And uh, can you keep a secret? Can people keep a secret to you? Can you keep a secret? Okay, I'm going to tell you something. There was a lady in the church. Oh, I didn't like her. Um, this, she was what we call in Coventry a pain in the neck. This lady, she had been a Christian for a long, long time. But every time I preached, I either preached too short or too long. Uh, I didn't expand the scriptures enough or I expanded them too long. Uh, my singing wasn't very good and why was I allowing flashing lights or why was I not allowing the musicians to do she always was grumbling and she just used to get you know she was the kind of lady that when I saw her coming up the road I'd cross over so I didn't have to speak to her I mean I shouldn't tell you this kind of thing should I this lady was quite elderly she was a spinster. Oh, I can tell you why that was. But I, I mean, not that all spinsters are like that, but this lady, I, you know, she, she would scare men away. I mean, I mean she, this, lady, this lady, dear, dear, dear me. And then one day, I got chatting to her, and she told me a story. She said, you know, Pastor, the other week I was walking along the road, and it was quite getting late at night, And just getting dusk, and the wind was rushing through the trees. 
I could imagine that the wolves were howling. I could picture it. I could picture it. She said, uh, and then I was aware of somebody following me. Well, I think God was answering a prayer. She'd probably been asking somebody to follow her for years. I don't know. But, but she, she became aware. And she said, then I walked quicker. And as I walked quicker, I knew that the person behind me was walking quicker as well. I forgot to tell you this bit. This pain in the neck, this woman, she did know how to do one thing well. Pray. Hmm. This person was coming up behind her, and so she quickened her pace when she realized that he was just about to pounce on her and knock her to the ground. She turned around, and at that time, she did not have time to pray a long prayer. She did not go, dear Lord Jesus, I've been a Christian for a long time right now, and I don't like this nasty man that seems to be ready to hit me in the face and knock me to the ground. I'd be very grateful if you would stop him doing it. She didn't have time for that. She went, and this is what she told me. That made you jump, didn't it? In the name of Jesus. She said, he looked at me with his hands raised. He seemed scared. <laughs> I'd have been scared if I'd have seen. Isabella name was. She's now with Jesus. I bet you God puts me next to her in heaven. She said, in the name of Jesus. And with that, the man looked at her, turned around, and ran away. Mm. She then showed me the cutting in the newspaper. That that same night, about a half an hour later, in a road that was very close to where Isabel was, an elderly lady was attacked, knocked to the ground, and a handbag was stolen. Isabel became one of my greatest friends. Isabel, I built her up to be an old dragon. But I now want to build her up to be a saint who taught me so much. Did she grumble a bit? Did she get on at me a little bit? God sent her into my life to help me and to teach me. And one of the things that I learned from Isabel was the power of prayer and the power of the name of Jesus. You see, what I'm talking about here is that it doesn't need to be long prayers, although you might have seasons or times of long praying. But all you need to be is an ordinary person here tonight who says, hey, I do want... And you told me, I asked you the question, I do want this place filled. I do want to see it full of boys and girls and men and women. And I told you what the answer would be. The answer would be not in a magic lantern, but in you. In you understanding the power and the simplicity of prayer and the power of the name of Jesus. And if you who have a nature just the same as 
the other men and women in the Bible will understand this and get a bit of energy going at times and feel as if, oh God, if you don't do it, then it won't happen. Be stretched. Then you'll find that as you wear your robe of righteousness, you'll be able to see prayers answered the like, like never before. A car with a private number plate? (laughs) Better. (laughs) A holiday in a nice resort? Better. A bar of chocolate? Perhaps. But I do know this. That in my mind's eye, Christian and Phil, the leadership that are here, I see the place for. I sense the presence of God so heavy. I hear the singing of boys and girls. I see the young people coming in, hitting a snooker ball or a pool ball and being told of the love of Jesus. And because somebody's been praying for them, them surrendering their lives to Christ. And I see and sense that this place has been given to you with destiny and purpose so that that name of Jesus will receive honor and glory. But in order for that to happen, you've got to learn the secret of the power of prayer. God bless you.